0: Welcome to the Basketball Index Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor, and today we are talking about not only rim protection, because we do talk about that a lot here, but we're talking about the best rim protectors by height this season. So if you saw my tweet, I don't know, like a day or two ago, uh, and if you're not following me on Twitter, at TaylorMetrics, basically what we did is we looked at the height of players, and then we have a stat called rim points saved per 75. And what that is, is it looks at how much you're disrupting at the basket. You don't have to block the shot as long as you. So, what we have is defensive field goal percentage at the rim, right? So, basically, how much you lower field goal percentage at the rim versus shots taken there. So, you're just looking at how much you disrupt at the rim. And then we're looking at how often you contest shots at the rim. And we're breaking that down to a per 75 stat. Because we always talk about this, where you don't want to use per game stats because everybody plays different minutes. But if you look at it on a per 75 basis, you can compare role players to stars and especially like more like niche stats, maybe like this. So again, what we're looking at is we're sorting it by height. We're starting at players that are six feet tall. We're going all the way to seven, three. That's the tallest guy we got in the NBA right now. And we're going to look at how many rim points they've saved per 75 possessions, again, by disrupting shots at the basket and then doing it a lot by you know contesting more shots. So, what we're going to do is we're going to go by each height. We're going to talk about the players. I got, I got, how many tiers I got here? (laughs) I got four tiers. So, we have like the super outliers that are like considerably better than the other players. And again, if you see the tweet that I put out, there's, it's a graph. So, you can see the, you can see the distance between guys a lot easier. But we have super outliers that are a lot better than other players at their height. We have guys that are good compared to their height. And then I think we got a, we have one person in the surprisingly okay tier. <laughs> uh, then we got bad. And then we have the very bottom shadow realm where it's like you're <laughs> – maybe, maybe just stop contesting at the rim because you might foul them because you're not stopping them from scoring. Just get out of the way like barn door. So let's talk about six-footers. That's the shortest person we got in the NBA right now. In that tier, uh, I'm only – also I'm not going to talk about – every tier at every height because the podcast would be so long. So I'm only going to talk about names I thought were interesting or point out players that are either really bad or really good or maybe a surprise to how we think of them. So at six foot, it's going to be our first tier. The only person I have really to list is in the super outlier category, Chris Paul. He is considerably better than all of the other guards at six foot uh, defending around the rim. And that's surprising, especially because of how old he is but yeah just I, I, I don't i don't really have a reason he's he's been good at defense his whole career but i don't know this is another interesting thing when you're in the data at basketball index a lot of times you'll just see things you'll be like huh i have never thought about i've never thought about how chris paul stacks up against other point guards defensively when defending the rim i don't know maybe you have but i have not and uh, i i didn't i could not formulate a take uh, maybe this is why i didn't make it in sports radio um but let's move on to our players at 6-1 tj mcconnell in the super outlier tier he's been you know he has the reputation as a good defender he's on the pacers you know doesn't get a ton of shine but has been a good defender has a good deal LeBron, and that makes sense because you got to be good at something to stick out and deal bron so tj mcconnell as a super outlier at the 6-1 tier uh, another player, Garland, Darius Garland, was uh, pretty good compared to other players at 6'1". I know there were some, I don't know if concerns were the right word, but you know they trade for Donovan Mitchell in the offseason. It's really exciting, and they're like, wait, they got like two 6'1 guards on their team. Is that going to be an issue? And I think Darius Garland being one of the better rim-protecting guards at that height is uh, definitely just a little bonus and a nice little nugget. You know, if I was prepping for a broadcast, now I called some junior college men's and women's basketball games here in San Diego in, that must have been in 2012. Well, they weren't very good, but that's that's a broadcaster's little dream nugget to bring that up if Garland Contessa shot at the rim, maybe in like a fast break situation or something like that. Uh, but let's move on to our 6-2 players. So in the good tier where it was like, oh, these players are like noticeably better than other players at 6-2 when defending the rim. Dennis Smith Jr., uh, John Morant, I don't think that's much of a surprise. Like Especially like, I wonder how many of these are just chase down blocks. Uh, Kyrie and Steph, also pretty good at the rim in comparison to other 6-2 guards. I was surprised by that. But then even more surprised, actually I had to make a, a tier, this is the only player in the surprisingly just okay tier, Trey Young. And at 6'2, Trey Young looks, I would guess, weighs like 145 pounds. So you don't think he would offer a ton of resistance at the rim. And again, this isn't saying he's good, but most defensive metrics, no matter how you slice and dice it, Trey Young's like bottom 10 in like basically everything in the league. And that he is just okay at rim point save per seventy-five. Just another interesting broadcaster nugget. Uh, moving on to six three Andrew Nemhard of the Pacers. He's in the super outlier tier. So whenever there's young players that are really really good at something or they jump out, that's just kind of file it away. Where you know I don't think most of us are talking about Andrew Nemhard that often, but he has some interesting defensive numbers and he is noticeably better than the other guards at the rim at 6'3". So just a a nice little one to nugget nugget away, to kind of hide away. And if he keeps popping up, you'd be like, oh yeah, I kind of remember that. At 6'4", we have Derek White, very good at the rim. I think Derek White is... So I've talked about this a little bit with role players. If you're on a really good team, then people will highlight your strengths more. Because, well, one, your team's winning a lot, so you get to find out more reasons. And You're going to get more just like national content, things like that, and people are going to dive into your game a little bit more. Derek White, fantastic player and very good at the rim for a a 6'4 player guard. Interesting here, you know, we try to, you know, skew positive here at Basketball Index, but some of these were like very surprising. Jaden Ivey, this is not super outlier. This is not good. It's not okay. It's not even bad. Jaden Ivey is what I am calling the shadow realm tier <laughs> contesting shots at the rim of like, don't I, I don't know how you're this bad at it compared to the rest of the league. Interesting. Jaden Ivey came in. He's a rookie this year and he's on the Pistons and people were really talking up his athleticism. So this seems like something, you know. You're a rookie. Most rookies are not good at defense. Um, There's a lot to learn in the, you know, going from the college game to the NBA game. He's a good athlete. Not really worried about him, but just more surprised because people were talking up his athleticism. And obviously, if you're a really good athlete, you're going to be better around the rim playing defense. But something to be, just keep an eye on. That'll probably go up. Again, he only has half a season worth of data. But again, interesting. uh, You know, this podcast is really, it's if I took, like 97 interesting nuggets and turned it into one episode, which is what I'm doing right now. Uh, let's move on to 6'5. Pat Connington in the outlier tier, much, much better than the other 6 players around the rim. And I think seeing him in the dunk contest makes that make sense. Uh, another one bad. This is the bad tier at 6-5. KCP. KCP not really good around the rim on offense or defense, watching him a lot on the Lakers. Good player, but you know, every player's got strengths and weaknesses. KCP defending the rim, not a strength. Moving on to 6'6 six, six players. Draymond Green in the Super Outlier tier. I think that makes sense. He I I did not check. I'm going to assume he's been in the super outlier tier every single season of his career because he is a generational Hall of Fame defensive player. He's 6'6. Six, six. I think I know it's a I know it's a talking point. I know it gets brought up. I know he has a very, very long wingspan but that he's 6'6". Like, if you look at this graph, this is, again, why you got to follow me on Twitter, at TaylorMetrics. If you look at this graph, he is so much further ahead of everybody else in his, you know, if you look at players that are a little bit taller or a little bit shorter, like, he's way off in his own space. Draymond Green amazing defender, fantastic around the rim. And again, I think I would be interested. Well, we only have an X and Y on the uh, on the scatterplot tool, but if we had a, a Z axis, uh, I would like to know how much wingspan affects this because it has to having a really long. Well, actually, I, I looked at some taller players that do have famously long wingspans and they were sort of disappointing. So maybe that's not always the case, but I would imagine it's helpful, like a small plus across the board, if you have a plus wingspan, especially like a an outlier wingspan. Also at 6'6", six, six, Royce O'Neal in the good category. Royce O'Neal was basically like the Jazz's wingstopper. Now he's on Brooklyn. And he was, so we had our, this is a little confusing. So there's the NBA all-defensive team, right? There's two of those. We did the basketball all-defensive teams. And then we also, just kind of for fun, because we have our defensive roles, we did an all-role team last year and Royce O'Neal was on the all roll t- <laughs> that's a tongue twister Royce O'Neal was on the all roll team for all defense so uh, he's a good defender and here at 6'6 he is uh, good compared to his peers for his height in the bad tier at 6'6 Clay Thompson and you know I would guess Clay Thompson's injuries probably I know they limit him like on offense, so it makes sense that they limit him here on defense. But Clay Thompson has been pretty bad defending the rim this year. Again, half seasons worth of data, he has had strengths and weaknesses on defense in the past. But I would I would chalk that one up to injury. Moving on to six seven players in the good category, Dorian Finney Smith. He's just one of the the better. Th- you know, three and D players in the league can uh, you, if you watch him play, he like, he looks really long for six, seven. So that would make sense that he's good at contesting shots at the rim. And like, we're starting to get into the category of players where I would say, uh, you know, like six, four and below are small players. Now we're getting into like the wing territory where like, we're starting to see it make more sense why these players are good defending the rim. And like, generally as you get taller, if you look at the, the graph again, if you as you get taller, you're just going to get better at defending shots at the rim. I think that makes sense. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith in the good category for six seven players. Now for the bat, some surprises here. Um, Kevin Herder, which not the surprise, but you know, very good shooter, pretty bad around the rim. Jimmy Butler uh, is in the bad category this year. He is near the bottom of six seven players at the rim. So it's basketball index. So, of course, we dug into the numbers. We did some research. This is the worst season he is having defending the rim of his career or since we've been tracking since 2014. And Jimmy Butler's defensive, D. LeBron, is still very good this year. He's still a very good defender. And I think it's just one of those things where the Heat, it's hard to, like, draw a lot of conclusions from the team this year because when I say they had a lot of injuries – Like there were points of the season where they were functioning with seven active players in some games where (laughs) there's there's an element of like we kind of got to throw some outlier data that really doesn't make sense. Like Jimmy Butler, again, for his whole career, pretty, pretty good to solid defending the rim bad this year. Some of Bam's numbers are a little little off this year, too. I'm really going to chalk that up to early season struggles and like just not having enough manpower to field a whole NBA team for like a month, a couple weeks ago. Um, But I really wouldn't be worried about that. I'd be interested to see where it is at the end of the year. Moving on to six, eight players in the super outlier tier, Biombo. So Biombo is a big on the Suns and another interesting nugget. We're going to talk about this at the end, but I pulled up the, again, we're looking at rim points saved per 75 possessions by height. And I looked it up for this year. And then I went back 10 years to our first year, 2014, and Biombo also on that list, also as an extreme outlier, which I thought was just really just mind-blowing that someone can do that 10 years apart. And then I was thinking, like, huh, I wonder if because Biombo's never really played in any big markets, he's been on small market teams his entire career. Like I was wondering how different his reputation would be if he was you know say on the clippers or the knicks or the lakers because that type of rim protection numbers in any season is impressive but that he's doing it now and that he did it 10 years ago is is pretty crazy also in the outlier category brandon clark on memphis and if you've seen that guy catch lobs you'd be like i would think this could probably translate to defending the rim also memphis is just an excellent rim defending team they have brandon clark they have Steven Adams and they have Jaron Jackson Jr., all three of them on this list in the good or elite category. So it's a, it's a what is that? What's the term? Spoils of riches? Something? Uh, overestimation of riches? There's some some ism, I can't remember what it is, uh, about uh, having so much of a good thing. Uh, another surprise player here at 6'8, Josh Giddy in the good category. I know Giddy's improved a tremendous amount this year, and he's one of those guys who is sneaky tall. I feel like you forget he's 6'8 a lot of the time, but pretty good rim protector this year, and I think that's a positive trait to uh, a developing player with an interesting skill set. Now, for the 6'8 players that have been bad relative at the rim to other 6'8 players, Julius Randle, and then interestingly enough, Trey Murphy the third and Larry Nance Jr. And I know we know that Larry Nance isn't like a great rim protector. He's He's one of those bigs where you sacrifice some size for some mobility. He's never been a, a fantastic rim protector. But Trey Murphy III, I thought, had and still does have the chance just because he's such a good athlete. Um, and it's interesting that the Pelicans have not only those two. I, he didn't make the list, but Herb Jones was also fairly low for his um, height height grouping or whatever you want to call it. So, And then also Valanchunas, very low. So they just don't really have a lot of rim protection on the Pelicans. And as the trade deadline approaches, that's something that I would probably like to see them add. Moving on to 6'9 players, the top player this year, Wenyan Gabriel, reserve on the Lakers. Obviously, you got to shout that out. I thought that was very surprising. Also, fact of the podcast: Jarrett Allen, the center on the Cavs, is only 6'9. I thought this was this rocked my world. I text multiple people this. I thought Jared Allen was a legit seven foot this whole time. I'm actually there's going to be a scattering report pod coming out on him uh, pretty soon. He he does a very good job of staying vertical and uses his height very well. I think that's maybe why I thought he's also a slender guy, so it makes him look a little bit taller. Also, the afro. I think that's been he's been cheating for three inches for years with that. And I will say, if Troy Polamalu can get tackled by his hair and it counts, maybe Jared Allen's hair should count in his measurement just saying uh, another name to file away also another pacer isaiah jackson good as a rim defender relative to his height at six nine and he's a guy i've seen a little bit and he has a some some energy to him some a little bit of i don't know what the word would be i don't know if bounce is the right word but he's like a very active uh gets off the ground pretty easy guy so isaiah jackson on the pacers and name to file away pretty good at defending the rim this year and also just wanted to make a note so six nine is really where it starts to jump up in the rim point saved if you're looking at it just by height on a graph like i am <laughs> uh this is where like you really start to see a big jump because obviously like the difference between like six two and six four and maybe even six six defending the rim. It, it's it's not that much but you start to run into just like too much size at 69 and across the board like you you really start to see a jump just by this, you know, uh, height group. So, oh, one one like super bad outlier, Thaddeus Young, he's in the shadow realm here for 69, um having a really tough time defending at the rim. Moving on to 610. Daniel Gafford, big on the Washington Wizards in the super outlier tier, also with Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, those guys both up there blocking a lot of shots, making it really tough at the rim for players to score. Again, this is the 6-10 category. Drew Eubanks, uh, he's a player. He's a backup on the Blazers. He's a guy I just kind of like his all-around game, and he is very good defending the rim this year, and I think that's something that's really nice. When you just follow a team night-to-night, to to have a quality backup big that can defend the rim is really, really helpful. I think that's one of the reasons JaVale McGee has – had such a good career over the last 15 years as he filled that role very very well when he was in the right positions to do so um, in the bad category at 610 Michael Porter jr and Franz Wagner and those are two guys that like they're more like small forwards michael Porter jr also one of the more narrow players in the league so I don't know if that affects being able to defend at the rim but I was watching a Laker game the other night, and Max Christie is a rookie who's intriguing, been playing a little bit, kind of a 3 and D archetype. And he is also a very narrow player. So I don't know if being extremely narrow hurts you when defending the rim, but Michael Porter Jr. has not been very good. And then we're going to go into, like, the shadow realm again. This is for 6'10 players. Thomas Bryant of the Lakers has some offensive juice, but defensively really, really does struggle. And then Nikola Vucevic on the bulls he is having a very tough time stopping opponents at the rim so that's the shadow realm tier for 610 it's it's not what you want you know 610 and above is what we think of as you know traditional bigs i think new age basketball you throw some 6-9 in there some 6-8 guys but once you get to six ten, you you do want those players to be able to defend the rim and when they can't it does become problematic for your defense At 6'11", we're looking at Nick Claxton, Stephen Adams, and Zach Collins in the good category. So Zach Collins was a player on Portland. Just so many injuries really derailed his career. He's had a nice comeback on the Spurs and has been defending the paint well. Steven Adams went down for Memphis, but was having a very, very good year. I think probably the best defensive year of his career. And then Nick Claxton, if you've heard one of the previous podcasts, we had him as defensive player of the year in the first half. I thought he should have been an all-star, just having a fantastic season for the Nets. Uh, again, this is the six eleven tier. Moving down to the players at 6 they're not very good at protecting the rim. This is the bad category. Jonas Valanciunas and Jokic, I don't think either of them have really a reputation for defending the rim. Obviously we talk about Jokic defending the rim at nauseam the last few years when talking about his MVP cases, he's not good at it. And uh, the numbers kind of spell that out. And then this is, I didn't know what to name this tier because we have the shadow realm where you're you're quite bad at defending the rim. And then beyond this, I I was going to say, so you know, when you're a kid where it's like, if you dig through the earth, you end up in China, Right. And it's kind of funny because in basketball, when you're you're not really good enough to play in the NBA or you're too old, you'll go play in China. So I thought it was funny to call it the the China tier. But Mo Wagner on Orlando is so far below everyone else in the league relative to their height for rim points saved. It is, I would say, alarming. Um, He would have to be a tremendous offensive player to make up for that. That is really tough at 6'11 to be struggling to stop points from being scored at the rim. And honestly, pretty surprising. Uh, Let's move on to our seven-footers. This is, you know, the classic seven-foot center. These are your bigs. These are the ones that are going to be stopping points from being scored. In our outlier category, Walker Kessler. We talked about him being the rookie of the year in one of our previous pods. He has just been a dominant defensive player really hard to score on and we talked about narrow players so Walker Kessler is a pretty built like large individual at seven feet tall he takes up a lot of space in the key and has done a fantastic job in his rookie season in the good category we got Giannis we got Zubats and we have Laurie Markadon they have done a very good job Laurie it seems like he's just excelling everywhere this year things are going good for him and then in the bad category for seven feeters seven feet or seven footers it's hard to talk by yourself for like 20 straight minutes. <laughs> there's there's a lot of edits to get made in this podcast. Uh, DeAndre Ayton in the bad category. Plumlee and surprisingly Joel Embiid. So just like Jimmy Butler, I went and I looked at his career. And Embiid has been very good in past seasons. And then, you know, just somewhere in the middle of you know you're maybe you're going for an mvp you're focusing more on offense you'll let the defense slide a little bit this year it's it's quite low and just very surprising again you know he's got a little less than half a season to help you know rise that number or make that number increase however you're supposed to say it um, but Embiid being very low there is surprising but i don't think a concern he has been a pretty dominant defensive player in seasons past, so I, I think it's okay there. But just a surprising little tidbit in the data. Uh, moving on to seven-one players. This is like, so after seven-foot. there's just not a lot of players. Brooke Lopez in the outlier tier, he's been fantastic for Milwaukee. He missed almost all of last year with a back injury, and it's good to see him back this year playing at a high level. At 7'2, I think the only player we have at 7'2, Bull Bull, he is in the bad category. He is lower than Joker and Valanchunas, who are kind of famously not very good at protecting the rim. They're both 6'11". He's 7'2", and he is a little bit lower in rim point save relative. And that is not what you want out of a player of that size. And I think for a long time, people have been like, how is this guy not getting more minutes? Because you see the highlights on Twitter, and they're crazy. But data like this is like, oh, so like this is... That would make sense. Why he's struggling to get playing time at that height if you can't protect the rim? It's a little bit problematic. Uh, and then at seven three, we have Porzingis. He's in the outlier tier mostly because there's no other seven three player. But his rim protection has been very good this year. It's it's. I would say once you get over seven foot, it's hard to be bad at protecting the rim. But Bull Bull has been bad, and so I don't know what to say. Uh, So I talked about it before, so I looked at what the league looked like 10 years ago, and I just wanted to pull some names to kind of stroll down memory lane and kind of highlight some guys who were the best uh, rim protectors relative to their height. So at 6'1", we're not going to do every height because the podcast has to end at some point. Also, there's just not enough notable names. At 6'1", Pat Bev, uh, definitely a little jump above all the other players at one Again, this is 10 years ago. This is the 2014 season. We're going to move all the way to 6'4". J.J. Redick. J.J. Redick getting a lot of love uh, the last couple days from the BBI data that I've been digging into. J.J. Redick, the best 6'4 player in the 2014 season at Protecting the Rim per 75 possessions. That's a fun little tidbit. Uh, moving all the way to 6'8", beyond both. This is where he was again. That's, again, really impressive to be on this list 10 years apart. Kenneth Fareed, uh, Denver Nugget. He was a lot of fun to watch at 6'9". Chris Humphreys. Oh, Chris Humphreys. I wonder what you're up to now. Uh, Data Kim Kardashian, I think was one of the Kardashians. I think it was Kim was on the reality show for a little bit. Oh, man, that that I don't I don't want to say he peaked then, but he might have peaked then at 610. We have Serge Ibaka and Rooney Turioff. Any any excuse to talk about Rooney Turioff? I will do it. Uh, he was a fantastic shot blocker on the Lakers. And then he bounced around the league a little bit after, but I really enjoyed him as a bench player. 6'11", Timmy Duncan. Tim Duncan, he was an outlier. He was very, very good compared to the rest of the league protecting the rim. And at that point, he had to be like 36 years old. Uh, For seven-footers, Robin Lopez, he was very good. He's still in the league today. He's on the Cavs. And then at 7'2", Roy Hibbert was a rim-protecting monster. That was back when the Pacers were really good. They were playing the... He, like in the Eastern Conference Finals for a couple years there, and Roy Hibbert was protecting the rim at an elite level. He's just a huge individual. Well, that's going to wrap it up for rim protection by height, by player, by team, by era, by year, whatever you want to call it. Uh, It was pretty fun to highlight some of these players. I would say if I had to be the most surprised, let's say before the season, who I would be the most surprised by. I think Walker Kessler being so good as a rookie was a surprise. I would say Trey Young being in the middle of the pack was a big surprise. And then just the amount of Pelicans that aren't good at it, while the Pelicans are still a good team is a pretty big surprise also that Mo Wagner like (laughs) made the chart harder to read because his data point was so far away from everybody else's I would say I'm a little upset about that because there's a lot of names on the chart well that's gonna do it for rim protection by height my name is Taylor again if you want to see this chart follow me on twitter at taylormetrics and we'll see you on the next episode of the basketball index podcast